Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to Podcast 112. My name's Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. And Daniel Chapman, a.k.a. Moscow White. Hello. So we'll pick apart Forrest and QPR in just a second with Heroes and Villains of the last week on the way. Preview of Frank Lampard's Derby County later, which is when, incidentally, we launch issue six of our fanzine. That'll be when that hits the streets and a good one in store. A very good one because sent to us by a lovely man named Joe, Joe Brennan, has got a concise, beautiful... Uh, heartwarming, uh, also a little heartrending interview with Luciano Becchio. Available Friday, everybody. One big word to throw your way then, and that is subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed to it and you're listening to it, please subscribe. It helps. And also subscribe to the digital magazine and it helps support all this. Sorry, Enterprise works out at a quid a month for all those glorious magazines. You can find it all at thesquareball.net. Well, this is much more familiar territory. Two games. And two defeats. Which one would you like to start with? Ooh. The one that matters. Yes, probably. QPR away. <laughs> I mean, I did think we would win. We would win the cup this year, to be honest. And I even thought we'd win it with a team of children when I saw him show off about his his team. But um, yeah, I wasn't too wasn't too bothered about that. Well, the main man at LUFC Stats who does LUFC related stats um, said this was our youngest ever starting lineup for an FA Cup third round tie. Twenty two years old, the average age. It's very specific. Genre, but I suppose in recent seasons when we've we've belted the kids in willy nilly and just lost, gets forgotten that actually the the Sutton game that Gary Monk threw was fourth round because we'd already beaten Cambridge somehow with a similar uh, load of rubbish in the team. But those, uh, I was looking back at the the Newport one and remembering that uh, Thomas Christensen had padded his children out with the likes of Cameron Borthwick Jackson was in there, and we had. Poor old Paul Chibitsky and I think Liam Cooper might have played or that might have been Sutton. I don't know. That was yeah, when, we were just down to kids on this one. That was when Victor Orta was rubbish though, mate. Oh yeah, he's, I've forgotten he's good now. They've all come good. Well, yeah. apart from Chibiki. Lasoga. Crot's doing all right, I suppose, wherever he is. VVV, 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 Venlo. Are we asked about going out of the cup? <sighs> I was actually quite... Is it bad to say I was quite pleased when they scored? My, my concern was that we would win it. Well, the worst thing would have been a replay, which we then lost. Mm. But I was concerned we'd win it. Then if we drew like scum or something in the next round, then you can't just throw in the children again because you don't want to get beaten like 8-0 by someone. So in a way, a nice quiet exit, last on match of the day or whatever. No one's No one's talking about it, are they? We can all just move on. Yeah, the speed at which you kind of get over a defeat tends to indicate its significance. And I think I was over this within about 15 minutes. 
Yeah, it didn't really matter. I think the only downside is kind of what we lost going out of the Carabao Cup as well, that Bielsa was quite enjoying being able to give all these children some time in a game that isn't the under-23s. So our opportunity to further disrespect the world's oldest and greatest cup competition by just fielding junior sides as, for as long as we can, we've kind of lost that. But that's not a big deal. And yeah, as a defeat to a divisional rival, um, they had half a full team. We had Lewis Baker in ours, so it was always an uphill struggle. It's justifiable it playing a weakened team in our position as well. It's not like we're one of these middling Premier League clubs who plays a weakened team because they want to finish a place higher in the Premier League. And bloody everybody does it now. There's like fourth division teams who are edging the bottom of the playoffs going like playing a weakened team against probably a Premier League side just because they know that they're going to lose. I feel like this. a lot of people have been moaning about the games being split at all the kickoff times and stuff, but there is something about the FA Cup third round this year. Ah, it just doesn't fucking matter, does it? Which is a bit of a shame. We didn't disrespect the tournament as much as Manchester United because at least we entered it, even if we did play a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened when they didn't enter it? I think we mentioned this a couple of pods ago that we then had to... Uh, our game against Scum was cancelled, so our players got two weeks off straight after the millennium and they went straight down to Majestics and had a, had a few drinks uh, in lieu of, uh, of playing Scum, who had gone to Brazil. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So really, all their fault. Our decline ever since. You can, uh, you can blame on uh, Scum deciding to go and play in the World Club Championship instead of the FA Cup third round. The thing I did love about this game was that Bielsa... Doesn't care, does he? Name the side two days in advance, which is like, what a guy. I just, I, we're all just basically at his behest now. And what he wants to do in this mad world, this mad space he inhabits, we just have to sit back and admire it and be part of it. I think if you asked him and he'd made his mind up before any game, Marcello, what's the team going to be on Saturday? He'll tell you. He don't care. In um, Argentina, when he was manager of uh, Newell's and he, insti- he was one of the first people filming all their matches, he started up a tape exchange because he thought it was kind of unfair for him to have all this footage. So he started saying to other people, oh, do you film your games? Let's swap. I'll send you all, all the Newell's footage and you send me yours. And there was one um, coach who wasn't really, he didn't really believe in the video footage. So he wasn't taping his own team's games and had nothing to contribute. But because Bielsa had seen his team as the opponent on all these other videos, it was a matter of honour that he knew what this guy guys players did so we sent him 15 hours of footage of New Orleans old boys that he didn't even want just to make sure it was a level playing field he just he believes everybody can have the knowledge and he'll still win just not necessarily against QPR it's the Corinthian spirit that one isn't it it's beautiful and then he'll go around yelling New Orleans fuck after he's beaten them all because uh, which I don't think the Corinthians ever did I don't know if they ever waved their shirts in the air yelling Corinthians ballyhoo not quite sure how we make the leap from that back into the game itself, but um, it was nice to see us at least like hit back straight away when we went behind. You have to say that, at least we've got a bit of resilience about us. It was very unfair. I think it should have actually counted as a goal as well when Roberts hit both posts with the satisfying thwack against each of them in the opening minute, I think that was. Is that like sort of like a penalty try in rugby kind of thing, is it where they just give it anyway or whatever? Yeah, it ran. It kind of ran across the line and it's, mm. it, I don't care what the goal, goal line technology says, there needs to be some sort of caveat in there that allows that to count it's like a skill billiards move isn't it exactly and Tyler Roberts face immediately afterwards he was looking around at people going did you see that did that actually happen it was a 28th second of the match and he's already hit both posts he was looking at people like I just don't know what's going on here I thought at that point we were going to win 6-0 mm-hmm. or something because we were just volleying it straight but their goalkeeper didn't look ready which was helpful when we did equalise he didn't look ready for a lot of the game did he let's be honest finally we found a goalkeeper who makes Bailey Peacock Farrell look good <laughs> 
Thank you, Mr. Ingram. He actually had his best game in quite a while. Sadly, in a game that didn't really matter. <laughs> but he was much improved, it's worth saying. I mean, imagine if that Ingram character had been playing for us, you'd have been decimating him with one of your hate videos, your online propaganda hate videos, Moscow, wouldn't you? I mean, I had, you've done it to Bailey Peacock Farrell, so why not Ingram? I had to restrain myself when uh, Peacock Farrell did Lukic one corner right behind himself, but it went out for another corner. That was a little bit dicey. But I, I don't know, I'm fine with... Peacock Farrell at the moment because he doesn't look like he's bothered. I think there's a few people because he has been questionable. We'll probably come on to the Forest game and his, his role in some of that. But he just, I'm getting used now to the fact that he just doesn't look like he cares. A few people have been worried that he's going to have like a Felix Viedveld, like total collapse of emotional cognizance and he will no longer be able to do anything apart from just walk sadly up and down hills. <laughs> but Peacock Farrell makes a mistake and he just looks at Pontus Janssen and someone's like, just totally blank face. It's like, what? It's a, it's a corner, Pontus. Should we just defend this next corner? Like, Pontus is like, well, I can. Are you fucking going to catch the ball? Yeah, it's fine. And he just does it again. It's great. So I'm kind of, I'm really warming to the idea that Bailey Peacock Farrell just does not give a fuck. <laughs> That's good. You tried to break him and you failed. How's your uh, your Leaf Davis video coming along? Oh, bless him. I mean, for, for a start, he's called Leaf. Yeah. Hippie parents, do you think? Possibly. It's confusing because he's not the kid we got from uh, Forest Green Rovers. So I was under the impression for a while that he might have been one of those like <laughs> vegan chaps. He's just come straight out of the forest. With Leaf from a forest. Leaves, leaves in his hair, barefoot. Stick of the dump type. But he's, he's from Morecambe, so he's probably just actually just got a really bad drug habit. That's probably how he grew up. So for him to have overcome that, so that will probably explain why he's only five foot four for a, a centre half, which was... Well, which mother became, was smoking when he was in the womb kind of thing. Became troublesome. Uh, when he was up against uh, Bidwell, who was annoying me all day because he was actually quite good for QPR. I mean, yeah. I think we did make it easy for them, well, starting with basically a centre-back, then taking him off and then having a weird rotating left-back thing going on. Mm. It was mental. It's madness, like, isn't it? It's pure, pure madness and there's nothing we can do about it. You, so, we should, by rights, have lost that game about 8-0. Yeah. It was as, as Phil Hay tweeted, didn't he, actually, during the game, he said, if there's a be any other coach doing this with the players and the positions mm. you'd be worried but with this you just kind of go oh well Tom he's trying Pierce. some things it seems fine Tom Pierce on at half time and then 35 minutes later off again <laughs> that's fine and you know as well and I, I did notice I think Bielsa kind of went up to him and sort of said it's not because you were shit I just I just wanted to take you off again <laughs> it's what I was doing and even substituting Halmy, I think it was to protect him from a second yellow card, mm. but we're at the point where if we hadn't done that, if we weren't protecting this guy who we didn't think would be anywhere near our first team in the first place, it would actually be Leif Davis probably would be on the fringes of playing centre-half for our first team. And he is a five foot four left back <laughs> who has played, he looked good at left back against Aston Villa. I think he was, obviously he wasn't as good against QPR. He was decent, the mistakes counted against him, but he's literally just come out of Morecambe's academy in the summer and is now playing completely out of position in the third round of the FA Cup. For Marcelo Bielsa, though? For Marcelo Bielsa, and I think you, do, uh, you just do whatever he says, I think. You're not going to argue with him. Any twinginess about this being three defeats out of three, or can we just kind of push this one to one side? Nah, it was a different team. It wasn't the first team that lost this. This was a piss-take team. Yeah. Well, on to that second game out of the sequence of three defeats was the Forest game, and whilst it feels quite old now because we've moved on past that, how do you unpack this game? Was it just one that completely got away from us? Because Bielsa likes game management and being in control and this one just kind of got away from us. We just need to stop giving teams a lead. They didn't really look very good at any point during this game. Somehow scored four goals, which is not acceptable. If you're going to 
pass to their strikers on the edge of your own box, that's they're probably going to decent chance they'll score, especially with Peacock don't give a fucking goal. <laughs> I have to say, when that ran through and you saw his body shape, I kind of you saw it unfolding in real time, didn't you? He was his body turned towards the touchline and he tried to do that reverse pass back to Bailey Peacock Farrell. He should have done the vulgar thing; he should have just put it in the bloody stand. Even if you just kicked it properly, that's all Adam yeah, Forshaw needed properly, to do. Yeah. Just kick it properly. You can look for all the mistakes. Just kick the fucking ball properly, and it it doesn't happen. And he did it again just before half time, passed square across his across the D. And Peacock Farrell actually saved that one. It's a good save. Forshaw's having a bit of a bad time at the moment. Mm. So he's been he's been one of our worst players the last few games. And you would hope you'd be able to replace him with Calvin Phillips. Uh, however. However, mm. one miscontrolled pass later. Good challenge, lad. I have to say, I like your tribute beard to Adam Forshaw, Moscow White. Mm. sporting a um, some slight tidges of red in there, we see. I've had mine longer than his, but I have been waiting to see if his will just suddenly come off because it'll be one of those things where he'll realise he's out of form and he'll decide to change something and he'll a new identity. It'll be like when um, Gary Speed cut his hair in 92, 93 because he came back with that long mullet and it wasn't really working, and then David Batty shaved his head, and then he cut his short. It'd be that kind of thing. I'm just like, I need to do something to get out of this rut, so I'm going to shave. So, I'm not in a rut. I'm, uh, compared to Adam Forshaw, I'm living a life of uh, of beauty and encouragement, so I'm keeping my beard. I'm looking for a change, Adam, facially. I want and- to see you go for a, a Calvin Phillips pineapple next time I see you. Well, the, he won't be changing any part of his appearance, because I think he accepts that that challenge... He walked off kind of nonchalantly as if like, yeah, whatever, don't care. But you could see inside he was thinking, uh, Marcello Bielsa wanted me to play in absolutely every game and now I can't. I've just, let him down. He was just resigned to the fact that he'd done it and he knew it was stupid, I think, that one, yeah. Mm. On the red cards as well, it's worth saying that they should have also been down to 10 men. Yes. I didn't see any reason he, he wasn't sent off for it. Uh, the referee was a cheat. That seems to be it. And on working for, uh, on the instructions of a... A football league chairman who is also a, a cheat and bold claims part of an organisation riddled with cheats I think that's the only the only explanation <laughs> I can find I can't think of any other reason why they didn't send that fella off it was one of those days where a rub of the green thing just didn't seem to happen no it's like, on other days Forshaw Forshaw can make that pass I know he can he's not playing well but anyone can do that it's really interesting if you compare the fact that he wasn't sent off with did you see the retro video of the cup win away to Derby, where we won 4-2 in 1996. Mm. It was doing the rounds this week. It was televised. Brian Dean got brought down just over the halfway line and the, the ref sent him off. Because Brian Dean was going to run through and score. And they, they measured it and it was 52 yards from goal. <laughs> Richard Keyes absolutely up in arms. 52 yards from goal and he got a red card. And when you contrasted it with that Forest one, which was like, you know, Jack Harrison was going into the area. He was about to shoot. He should have walked, shouldn't he, really? I can understand yeah. in a way, because there was the bloke on the other side of him. Nah, I can him. understand in a way why he didn't, but it was still by a mile the wrong way. He would have scene. definitely had time to get the shot away yeah. before before he got there. So, And even Harrison wasn't going to miss from there, was he? Really? Yeah, think? He might not have it's not about maybe that's part of it maybe the referee was just like now I've seen that guy play he wasn't going to score it's denying a goal scoring chance not a goal well again he was like I've seen that guy play that wasn't goal scoring chance that's a <laughs> that's a hit roll Z chance now, Harrison would have buried that and so we either would have been 1-1 or a chance to uh, equalise from the free kick because Douglas's free kick was just wide but they should have been down to 10 men as well and also with the player advantage, at that point, we just stop having any defenders whatsoever and we just play nine up front and win so different game well, speaking of which, and the fact that it turned round and the shoe was very much on the other foot, incredible turnaround with 10 men ourselves. 
weight, we just looked like we were completely overrunning them. Bielsa, that. It was amazing. And I enjoyed Alioski's goal an awful lot as well for his disbelief that he wasn't offside. He was just looking, wasn't he? At the linesman, like, yeah. Re- really? So I can celebrate. Two things had happened. One, the ball hadn't ballooned over the bar from four yards out. Two, he it absolutely twatted it in, didn't it? So it was a tap into an empty net. So watching it back, I was thinking it's a very reckless way to finish when you've just got to you've just got to nudge it over the line. That's why that's why he's always outside. The guy lives life on the edge. Everything he does is just a very fine line between success and failure. <laughs> and uh, thank God for him because I don't know what would have happened if he'd put that over the bar and been onside. Just to call back to our last podcast when we did the prediction for this game, we got some elements of it right. We did say that we would score two. We did mm-hmm. say that Alioski would get one of them, mm-hmm. except the routine win didn't materialise. Well, they had some corners and that was pretty much the end of that. <laughs> that was the problem. We need to stop giving corners away. Bielsa seems to have accepted that we can't defend them. I did love his, uh, when he was asked after this game about not being able to defend set pieces, he just said, well... There is not a problem in the defence because if you take out all the goals that we've conceded from set pieces, we have one of the best defensive <laughs> records in the in the division. Like, all right, so if that's how we're looking at things, then fine. So he doesn't care. And I I actually think there is something genuinely to this. He he accepts. He said again after the QPR game, Pontus Janssen, Liam Cooper, Berardi, and then Ailing and Forshaw are learning. They're the best headers. Ailing and Forshaw are up there. After that, nobody can head a ball. So he just accepts. We can't, and our keeper can't catch. So we can't defend a corner. So we just don't give them away. That's what he's trying to do. So it's probably, you're not, they won't be uh, fining Leif Davis for not defending, uh, marking a player against QPR and they won't be having a go at Bailey Peacock Farrell for not coming off his line. Don't care about any of that. It's whoever let, whoever the ball hit to go out for a corner. 50 laps Monday morning. Not having that. Learn a lesson. I know it's Bielsa and it's a bit of a moot point really, but should he have changed shape when we were 2-1 up? It didn't matter because we conceded from corners. I kind of go with him on this it was five minutes after Alioski had put us ahead. We conceded two goals in three minutes and they were both from corners. So it didn't matter what shape we were playing, really. The only player he could have brought on, I think, was Halme. And would he have defended both those corners anyway? Yeah, he doesn't like disrupting shape and flow and pattern, does he? And that's what I meant about the game getting away from us, though. The fact that that goal went in from Colback and before you know it, it's Murphy and then Osborne and it's just, it's yeah. just got out of reach. I think the faith in the system thing that works both ways, though, because there's games when we've stuck with it and other managers would have gone, oh, we'll just chuck a big man on or something. Mm-hmm. And in, our, in Bielsa's system, he goes, no, we keep playing this way. It's the, Even though it's the last minute and of the first half, there was a game where we were behind and everyone was going, get it in the box, get it in the box. Nice, patient play, equalised. Again, it's just the way, we, the way we're playing. It's about the players knowing that this is the way we do it. Mm-hmm. We don't change. They just need to change the bit where they do get it away on corners. And this that's how we got 2-1 up in the first place is because instead of when we were a player down getting in at half-time saying, all right, let's keep it tight at the back or we'll try and nick an equaliser on the break and see if we can get a point out here. No, all-out attack. And what I loved most is sometimes the, the camera cut to Ito Karanka on the touchline. It didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. After Alioski had scored, he was looking around going like, I have absolutely no idea what to do to stop this because it was just a storm of nine outfield players taking on his entire team. And it wasn't down to him that they scored from a couple of corners. Yeah, he got very lucky. He should really have been sacked. As the Sky, as the Sky coverage mentioned, at, at least every two or three minutes. Painful, wasn't it? It's almost like, all right, we've got one theme for today, lads. Let's, let's flog that horse to death. Uh, quick note, if we could, for the lads in the away end, hashtag lads, uh, the players who were injured, what hashtag lads they are. That was always a little tinderbox type 
scenario going off there when we went in front and uh, Gitano enjoyed it. I think they all enjoyed it. Well, there's a, a great moment when you, there's the, the video that somebody in the crowd took from just the side and you see Barardi's kind of standing with his hands in the air watching where the, the players on the pitch are going and there's like almost a moment of calm and then it's like a bull charging. He sees where Pontus Janssen is and suddenly he snaps, bang, charges him and that's the moment. It's just seeing that decision where he's going like, ah, maybe I should just hold back and then going, no, Pontus is there. Fuck it, I'm in for this. And then uh, Salim Lamrani being in the middle of it all, Liam Cooper trying to keep the peace. Stuart Dallas was in there somewhere, his usual kind of anonymous, slightly ineffective. Out of position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, glorious. And Pontus Janssen, if you watch that video back, you can see Pontus Janssen as well. He sees these fans running towards him and he realises it's Berardi. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't look delighted by that prospect and also a little bit afraid? I imagine Berardi to be quite an enthusiastic lover. I don't know about you. <laughs> how often do you imagine that? And just, for how long? Just now. Okay. A couple of seconds. Story of my life. Do you want a few seconds to think about it? No, no, I'm all done. Imagination yeah. running wild. Let's yeah. wrap this bit up anyway. I feel like it's in our best interests. Um, so we are now 26 games into the season. We're still top and we're still two points clear of Norwich, mm-hmm. four clear of third. Gap's closed a bit, but ultimately, despite this double wobble, we're still there. Yeah, still nicely set up to uh, fall back into the playoff positions and lose at Wembley. So it's all going according to my prediction. I should say as well, I did have a premonition, which I need to share with you. It wasn't about Berardi's lovemaking, was it? No, it was about our promotion bid this year. And obviously we had the hoo-ha with Dean Smith, you know, at Villa. And they're celebrated like they just won the league mm. or whatever. Yeah. Obviously we play them in our final home game. Yes, we do. It's going to come down to that game, isn't it? Between us and Villa. Well, whoever it's between us and whoever, but our promotion bid will mm. come down to that day and those comments will be in some way... Probably knowing him repeated. He'll probably be like, oh, they've celebrated like they won the league. Like, Dean, they have. He's like, well, there's no call for it. Which league? Yeah, exactly. It's not the Premier League, is it? Quick word about our merch that we've got on sale via the squareball.net. If you fancy checking that out, get some clobber hoodies. We've got jumpers on there. How nice do they feel? I'm wearing one right now, actually. How nice do I look? That's the real question. <laughs> you look lovely. You look, Thank you. You look Thank absolutely you. smashing. I don't know what more to say. I'm just <laughs> basically staring at your chest now. Well, enjoy it all. Enjoy that. Now I'm thinking of you the way Dan's thinking of Berardi. And if you fancy feeling that erotic, <laughs> is that the right word? It's not a word I would use, but Moscow may feel differently. Eroticism is in the eye of the beholder, <laughs> Michael. Let your imagination run wild. You can find all that at the squareball.net. We've got Frank Lampard's Derby County on Friday. We'll be previewing that, along with choosing our heroes and villains shortly first. Injury update. It seems to be one of the hot topics this year. So many injuries. At least we got a full and comprehensive breakdown from Marcelo in his press conference. I mean, we've got full detail on them. Liam Cooper, first of all, has he made it through the whole game tonight as we're recording? Apparently he's played 65 minutes and has not suffered a career-ending injury. So I think that's a double thumbs up for Rob Price and the... Uh, the medical team at Leeds United for that. We're we're really, given the injury crisis, not seeing a player's career end in an under-23s game is great news. (laughs) We won 3-1 as well. We beat Hull. I don't know if uh, there was any evidence of people in the the side of the pitch doing the mauled by the Tigers thing, but they ended up being uh, um, having their uh, throats ripped out by the Peacocks. I don't know. Maybe we took the cop cap along for this one to (laughs) deal out some... Some big cat justice. Mutant safari going on in East Yorkshire. Flamingo Land's got out of control since I was last up there. Since they sponsored uh, 
Thorpe Arch is now overrun with just big arguing cats. So Jurassic Park type hybrid stuff going on there. Yeah, definitely. Rob Price at the root of all this, mark my words. Berardi, Brown, Bamford all seem to be now fit and available, but obviously need to be brought up to match condition, I would say, sooner rather than later. It's nice to have Berardi in the stands, though. (laughs) I wonder if he can still play a part from there. I don't think he really sees a necessarily a separation between him on the pitch and what can happen. I'm trying to remember, was it in the interview with us where he said something about sometimes he sees something happening in the stands and thinks he wants to go in and sort it out? <laughs> like sometimes I see, I hear something in the stand and I want to go and tell them. So I don't think it's necessarily a barrier. Remember his goal at Newport, he was straight off into the, yeah. uh, in the away end. There. Tragically wasted that goal. But yeah, it'd be good to have him back. We, we just need some defenders. Mm. I think he's the key. And he was, before he got injured, Pontus Janssen has since come into the form of his life, but there was there was a question as to whether it was even worth dropping Janssen because Berardi was playing so well as a centre-half. He seemed to be a little bit like Calvin Phillips having his game completely changed. He was another one who was just thriving under what Bielsa was telling him to do. Yes, we'll drop Pontus Janssen. <laughs> That's what we'll do once we get our full complement of defenders back is we'll just drop the best one because uh, to have them all back would be cheating. So we can't play the best one. Pontus at number 10. Anything could happen. Barry Douglas, muscular injury. That sounded a little bit ominous and worrying, but they've downplayed it a bit, haven't they, since? There's a lot of muscles. Some you don't use. Some you don't need to use. I think as a footballer, you use, you use more than probably you do. Yeah, but like if it's his, I don't know. I don't know the names of many muscles. What's the one in like your forearm? Your arm muscle, that. Right, so if he's bust his arm muscle, I mean, he's a footballer, he uses his legs, so it's fine. What's your most used muscle, do you reckon? My brain, mate, my brain. And, and yours probably is that arm muscle from the Berardi <laughs> thoughts. Is the right answer. Should we move uh, on to what's wrong with Stuart Dallas? Same as me, bone injury. Bone injury. They're not saying, we're not saying which uh, muscle Barry Douglas has hurt <laughs> and no further details on Stuart Dallas's injured bone. Which bone do you reckon is injured? Osteoporosis. Mm. Is it all of them? All of the bones. All in bother. But it'll be fit for... Uh, <laughs> Fit for the weekend. I will say, do you know, I never thought I'd laugh at osteoporosis, but there you go. He's basically just a skeleton with a beard now. <laughs> Stuart Dallas <laughs> running down the wind. Do you remember uh, Funny Bones? I do. Down, Stuart Dallas will be running down the, a dark, dark street to a dark, dark house with a dark, dark door beyond the dark, etc., etc. Yeah, God. <laughs> That's tickled me. <laughs> skeleton. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. Rob Price is looking after all this stuff. Bamford is fit enough to play pool. We saw the video of, of him doing that. Was it was it not billiards? It was it, well. That's what I thought. He, he looked unfamiliar with the whole thing. Oh, I see. it wasn't in. It wasn't in like a a velvet lined. I was going to say he's not been playing in smoky pub back rooms or anything. I see. No, not in. He's at the gentleman's club. He'll have grown, I, I imagine he grew up in a house with a snooker room. Yeah, that's true. But again, a billiard table. It wouldn't have be the, a pool have table. The, have the butler bring it through to the billiard room. He's not been playing American eight ball, is he? No, no. No, isn't it billiards weird where you don't actually have to pot the balls? You just have to move them into funny places and all stuff. I've got mushrooms on the table. I don't understand I, the thing. It's all, no, it's like I bet Bamford plays bridge as well. I bet he understand like two Trump follow suit and all that kind of fucking nonsense. I've never had any idea about. <laughs> That's only when the croquet season's off. Oh, exactly. When he's got bored of playing whist on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to transfers. Window is now open. Happy New Year and all that. Bielsa said he kind of wants to, but doesn't expect him. Winger and a goalkeeper. Very modest in his goals as well. He just wants to replace what he's lost. Because mm. he, he doesn't want to admit he wants more players. So these aren't really new players. These are just to replace the other players. 
I don't want much. I don't want much. It may be test is resolved. It's like I said, we, we've we've had a bid accepted for Messi, and seeing the sort of sitting there vibrating, a Newell's old boy uh, youth product, of course, sitting there shaking. Nope, I've got Izzy Brown, and he's he'll be fit in two months. Don't <laughs> don't, don't want to imbalance the squad. Don't need Messi. Fine, we'll withdraw the offer. Okay. That's what I wanted. <laughs> uh, it's madness, but we've got to have a goalkeeper. We have got to have a goalkeeper. Even if you don't play. What I was saying before about Bailey Peacock Farrell not giving a fuck. Maybe if there was a reserve goalkeeper worth the name, no offence to Will Huffer or Camel Miziat, but they haven't got the experience. Just somebody who could actually put some pressure on and say, Bailey, give a fuck. <laughs> Please, just try giving a fuck about something. From the noises we heard from Heckingbottom and more recently from Bielsa, it does sound like he kind of needs that pressure, that kick up the arse maybe to thrive. I mean, I don't know how much more pressure you can have than conceding loads of goals in front of the cop and them getting on your back and kind of like sharp intakes of breath every time you catch the ball. Because he's not far away, I don't know, he's probably a long way from the ironic cheers that we used to have with Weedfeld and stuff like that, but we are quite mean. But I'd, he's been cut a lot more slack because of being a youth product, though, hasn't he? If he if he had been some random German man we'd just signed this with season, flaky wrists, he'd be getting a lot of shit. And I know there's become a weird trend that you can't criticise him, but we are doing. <laughs> so sorry. I mean, there's there's some there's a some reason to that because there was really no point criticising him while the transfer window was closed because mm. who else is going to play? So it's kind of yes, we could do better than Bailey Peacock Farrell, but who we're going to replace him with. It's either Huffer or Miazic and neither of them is really in a position to take over long term. So until the transfer window opens, we have no option but to play Bailey Peacock Farrell. So constantly being on his back just kind of gets boring. Doesn't stop us, obviously. There's a difference as well between, you know, just discussing him not being good enough and tagging him in on Twitter, calling him a shit (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is what lots of people have taken to doing, which everyone would agree isn't very constructive. No. It's like going around his house and like burning his Christmas tree down. Nobody's going to do this. It's just kind of, we will discuss it. I assume he's not going to be listening to this. If he is, hi, hi. Bailey. <laughs> Driving into Thorpe Arch. Bailey, while you're at Thorpe Arch today, start giving a fuck. Just look like you care. But he won't be, so we can say it. And, and as long as nobody grasses up to him. And I know first thing we'll see after this comes out is at Bailey Peacock Farrell, have you listened to the Swearball podcast? <laughs> they say you don't give a fuck. And also they made that video of you that time. <laughs> <laughs> and that, also that that Christmas tree that's on fire <laughs> that's them too doesn't look like we're getting that I buy Gomez character anyway he's off back to Athletic Bilbao shit anyway yeah never wanted him never, never wanted him no. good ne- never heard of him eh it's probably Bielsa's watching Spanish that, isn't he that so he's a Spanish didn't fancy it <laughs> yeah he he played against uh, Messi he did could have been doing that rather than playing QPR's reserves he tackled Messi he tackled Messi and there was a moment where I was like, fuck, so he's just tackled Messi and then Messi just took the ball straight back off him and ran away. Uh, some of the youth prospects are still going out and about. Uh, Malik Wills getting rave reviews, but he's off back to Doncaster for the rest of the season, but he looks like he's a cut above for that league. Scored the other day as well. Scored quite a few there. They seem to like him. Bit of a looming court case, but we'll see how that ends. Hopefully with uh, a not guilty verdict for Malik and whoever else he needs to not be guilty with him. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Essie to Hearts Phil Hay will be pleased there and Coyle Fleetwood until the end of the season why are we keeping Coyle it feels like he needs to come back now when we're short of defenders 
Or we need to just sell him. Berardi's fit. He just needs match practice. Luke Ayling's back in the team. Just needs match he's practice. Not going to get past either of them, is he? Jamie why, Shackleton. So why not sell him? Jamie Shackleton. I feel like we're keeping him. We're like we're like a lower league crap Chelsea. Because because uh, <laughs> come the summer when we've not been promoted because we lost in the playoff final, Luke Ayling will probably get his transfer back to Arsenal. Berardi will uh, retire to the stands or go to MMA. Yes. <laughs> Jamie Shackleton will probably seek a transfer to somebody that's going to not play him at right back and Louis Coyle will slot right in. Fair enough. It's all part of the grand plan. And if he's good enough, then it won't make any difference. We'll probably be even better. Past Luke Ayling on the way up, probably. I don't know why I haven't got him. He's not even gone yet. Yet. And before we get on to contentious matters, anyone out of this list of birthdays? And there have been a few this last week, actually. Kimar Roof turned 26, Vinnie Jones, Boya, Andy Hughes, Tony Curry... Dorigo, Leif Davis, bless him, only 19. Finally, Izzy Brown, 22 years old and had a baby. Poor choice. Too early. <laughs> but Ferguson famously always wanted his um, players at Man United to get married and settle down, didn't he, as he thought he had a like, calming effect on them. As Ryan calming, Giggs. As, yeah, exactly. For example. Real family man. Mm. As, uh, did it have a calming effect on you, Michael? I was calm anyway. I was already, I was already done for. I Well, I remember our trip away to Bristol was it how long? Six, ten years ago? Can't remember. I, was, I was a child. Um, Were you 22? <laughs> something like that. That got quite out of hand late on that night. I can't remember. I can't remember. I've stopped, I, didn't, I don't drink maybe quite as much as I used to, I suppose. Mm. I suppose you've got to stay in a bit more, haven't you? Do you think Izzy Brown? Same for him? I, I hope he wasn't drinking <laughs> to the same extent as I was in those days, because he's a professional athlete. And you're not? Well, not in all but name, I think, you know. <laughs> Just not found my sport yet. Time ticking a wee bit off. <laughs> On feet a, little, a little bit, yeah. That breakthrough. <laughs> when you see the Leeds players coming off a bus, and it looks school tripish. It does make you does make you think it's about your own, your own professional career. It is frightening, isn't it? And I've reached that age now where I'm old enough to be their dad. Some of them, <laughs> some of the first team players. Liverpool tonight in the FA Cup. I can't remember who they're playing, but apparently they brought on a player who was born in 2002. There ought to be a rule against that. I think some kind of law needs to come in. It's getting disgraceful. This is classic. It's old man shouts at sun, is this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on onto contentious matters. Now then, January 3rd, remember the date. Should we stop going on about this now? Mm, I don't know. Probably a bit. Why? <sighs> it was a long time ago. So? Yeah, I don't know. We should say we did launch this podcast on January the 4th, straight off the back of that game. It was our inspiration to kick this thing into action all those years ago. And uh, it's something that should still inspire us to this day, I don't think there's any reason why just because things that were good happened a long time ago and have been followed by things that were almost constantly shit, <laughs> just because it was a while back, you should go, oh, yeah, let's forget about it. And nothing actually really happens. It's not like we have a parade. Just no. some people go on Twitter and go, that were good, that, wasn't it, when we beat Man United in the FA Cup? Mm. Wasn't it good? Wasn't Beckford's goal fun? Wasn't it fun? And when uh, Richard Naylor booted Wayne Rooney, that was good. Let's find the gif and look at it because it makes us happy. What's the problem with any of that? It's fun. People go, oh, it's Tim Pot. No, it's not. It's happy. It's like looking at an old fucking wedding photograph or something. Like, oh, it's a long time since we get married. Why do we just remember how miserable we've been with each other ever since? <laughs> you don't look anything like as good now, do you? Exactly. <laughs> now you've taught me around. Yeah, and I think you did touch upon something there about the fact that it has been largely shit ever since. Exactly, and, and also, as a as a discrete event, January 3rd has something special about it because 
I know some people don't like remembering it because we were at such a low ebb and we were in League One, but that's what made it great. Even when we went down to Division Three, we were still had enough about us to beat Man United. And they'll never be able to do that to us. They're never going to go out of fucking Division Three and beat us in the FA Cup. The odds of that happening are uncountable. We did it and they can never do it to us. And it's a it's a defeat that and it gets forgot I was looking back at it as well. They were crowing before the game on the official Man United Jason website. Crowing. They were Jason crowing about their upcoming match with uh, League One Minnows Leeds United. They described us as minnows on their official website and we went and fucking beat them, even with our minnow status. So why should we forget something like that? We absolutely ruined their day. One day, I know it doesn't count for much, but I'll revel in any opportunity to put it over them and I will revel in the opportunity to remember anything that makes me happy because there's fuck all else. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Derby preview on the way, but first let us pick our heroes and villains, a custom that we've developed over the years here on the podcast. First of all, the Ken Bates Villain Award. For somebody who's made us feel sad, a net debit out of our happiness account, and it's named after Ken Bates because he did that quite a lot. And every time he gets a customary nomination, this time for what? We always struggle for reasons. Well, he's still alive. That's always a reason. But I think specifically having just spoken about January 3rd, it's reminded me of the, what followed that he saw of, oversaw the breakup of what should have been a team that just went straight through the championship back into the Premier League. So that's what I'm blaming him for. That was a beautiful football team and he broke it (laughs) beyond repair. I also think there's a chance he's come back in a different form. The Bolton chairman, Ken Anderson, I think he's called, if you've seen the stuff about him today, he's moved to a club with a hotel already in place. I think it's the same guy. You reckon? And I reckon that's why Sean Harvey has not looked into this properly, because he's had the nod. Been like giving him a special a special handshake or something. It's like, oh, it's Ken. Scooby-Doo mask. It's, it's my Ken. Somebody did say that the football league's owners and directors said the first question should just be, is your name Ken? And if it's <laughs> yes, right, no. You, are, you cannot have a football club. 
For anybody who's not aware, what did he do today? It's the Forest Green Rovers thing, isn't it? Yeah, he basically told the Forest Green they owe Forest Green some money for a player, and they he basically said you can you can shut the club down for all I care. I'm a secured creditor. Just do it. So nice guy. Yeah, they took that player on loan at the start of the season with a view to a, a record Forest Green Rovers. Uh, we're going to receive a record transfer fee. But Forest Green Rose have ended up just paying his wages throughout um, because there was absolutely no, they didn't have any money to pay for any part of it whatsoever. It turns out they owe Norwich some money as well. I think they owe a lot of people a lot of money. And I think uh, Dean Holdsworth is involved there somewhere as well. I keep, whenever I see it mentioned, he has like nefarious involvement in some of their financial ramblings that have gone on. It's a mess. I always imagine Dean Holdsworth as maybe running like a Spanish nightclub, that kind of thing. In Bolton. Yeah, maybe Balearic themed. I reckon quids quids in a pot, lap dancers at midday. (laughs) It'd be the sort of establishment he'd run. You been to many of those? Nope. Are we nominating Dean Holdsworth for uh, (laughs) villain of the of the week? Should we move on to somebody else before we libel someone? Go on then. It was mentioned actually earlier. uh, The um, the whole fans. We recorded the last podcast directly after the whole game, so I'd not had chance to see the video. I think we've all seen it. Sickening footage. No one wants to see. Mauled by the Tigers. Grown men. And Grown women. men. There yeah. was actually a, a feature on that in the whole Daily Mail about how that video had gone uh, viral and they interviewed the person who filmed it saying, people don't understand that it's just a bit of fun. That's what they all say, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not sickening. a bit of fun. There's no way you're getting respectable men to do that, ironically. It's like goal music, isn't it? Same thing. It's worse. It's the strangest thing. Is it, The chant itself, oh, it's not a strong chant. It's a fucking rugby league chant. But it's kind of, I, I could let it pass, but with the actions. Like, it's like sort of Cats Mr. Mistopheles kind of. Yeah, it's very, it's not even a vicious clawing. It's a very playful, like, Is it a, ball like a of cat wool? playing with, yeah, like a little kitten playing with a bit of string. And I have a lot of respect for the whole fans who fought against the Alams and the whole, like, let's just change the name of the club to the Tigers thing. But then you've got thousands of them just doing this, this, which is totally counter to all that. And I just like, right, fuck it. Just change your name to the Tigers and go and play fucking Super League rugby. Have some barbecues and some cheerleaders and some goal music and some fireworks and do your little cat dance. You can all meow at each other and you'll be much happier. Get out of the championship. Fuck off. Take Nigel Adkins with you and your three fucking points. Wankers. I didn't enjoy losing to them. No. I mean, this is controversial putting our own players in because we are now in a new world of positivity and uh, wholesome togetherness. Uh, we've lost three on the bounce down. Right. Those days for, are long gone. For sure back pass. Fucking. Phil- Phillips through his red card. Wanker. Bailey Peacock Farrell. Don't give a fuck. He should be in there every time in your opinion, shouldn't he? <laughs> you, should, you hate him. We should rename the award. <laughs> the Bailey Peacock Farrell don't give a fuck villain of the fucking podcast award. So when he makes us feel sad, he can't feel sad. He doesn't have any, no evidence of him ever feeling anything. Maybe we've had Rob Price remove his nervous system. I don't know. (laughs) Removed his tear ducts. (laughs) Bailey Peacock Farrell can't cry. Pass it on. Botox all his face so he can't (laughs) express emotions. That's that's basically what's happened to him. I feel quite bad for him now. We can't give him that. (laughs) He's been... um, He's like the uh, the Leslie Ash of Leeds United. His (laughs) face is all wrong. You can still kind of see what he used to look like when he was pretty. Be a bit like Adam Forshaw when he gets that beard off. But, oh, that's what he looks like. And he might be able to see where he's passing the ball. I mean, my beard never blocks my vision. But I'm, I'm not, not trying to look down at a football. I'm not allowing Calvin Phillips to have it. 
I'm aware he's got on the list, but he's surely not allowed it. He's been pretty much our best player this season. And he took responsibility for it, and that's important. He's always had a bit of that about him as well as Phillips, and this is the first time we've seen it this season that he's kind of gone and done a reckless thing. Yeah, and it wasn't like a premeditated, like a deliberate thing. It's just ball got away from him. Unlike Foreshaw's back pass. Well, exactly. <laughs> he had so long to think. Is that, I mean, I'm not saying that was on purpose and that he'd had Forshaw a bet or that. anything. He did that little falling over thing after he'd done it, Foreshaw, as well as in, oh, maybe it's because I've slipped. Yeah. No, I saw the fall happen after. There was a bit of a point as well, like he was trying to point at Bailey Peacock. I was like, maybe you could save it. if you. Uh, no, I'm just going to fall over now. As we're bashing him relentlessly in this podcast, <laughs> Peacock Farrell was not very switched on to that either. Well, why would he, seemed, he be? But he seemed He's very... waiting for the ball on his six-yard line, not for it to be 20 yards away. But when he saw he'd mishit it, he seemed to take a minute to register and be like, that's not that's not going to reach me, is it? You've been drinking the Moscow White Kool-Aid here, haven't you? This is what I will stick up for Bailey Peacock Farrell on this one, because there is no reason why... That ball should don't not try and be good. Him. Don't try and be good cop now. I don't think there's any justification for any scapegoating of Bailey Peacock Farrell in that back pass. No, absolutely not. If you want to do about the corner for their third goal, <laughs> when he just stood on his line and watched. Fill your boots. Yeah, go right ahead. But not for it's that. It's great, no. isn't it? We lose a couple of games and that's it. We're back to all four. Scapegoating everybody. The youngest ones especially. Leif Davis, we're coming for you. I mean, I'm surprised he's not on the list, actually. Should we nominate him? We, he would have been, but we're quite glad to be out of the cup. So, Ah, uh, okay. So we're glad he threw he the game. Okay. There, is, there is one glaring nominee who we've not mentioned yet, and that's mm. the referee, Darren England, for failing to send off Forrest's Jack Robinson. I do like nominating a referee. It externalises the blame as well, rather than pointing fingers at our own. I mean, Forshaw had already done that so-called back pass, so he doesn't get out of jail. But Phillips doesn't get sent off. Bailey Peacock Farrell doesn't have that corner to deal with. None of that happens if Down England like sends off Jack Robinson. Sliding doors, the movie, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to him. Yeah. Down England, the cheat, can have the award. And from such sadness, let's go to happiness. This is the Andy Hughes Hero Award in his birthday week as well. Happy birthday, Hughesy, 41. Doesn't look a day over 40, but then he always looked kind of old. Recognition of somebody who has brought happiness to our lives. Pablo racked up 100 appearances. He's brought plenty of joy to us. But as we said with Bielsa last time, maybe this is a general like feeling. It's an opportunity to celebrate his contribution rather than something he's done this week. Yeah. Because he didn't even play against QPR and he wasn't that good against... Did he play against Forrest? He was in the team, wasn't he? Pablo Hernandez? I can't think of any reason why he wouldn't have been. <laughs> but I, just, I can't remember anything he did in the game. He had a bit of an off day, did Pablo, against Forrest? And we're going to give him a hero award. Why is he nominated for the villain award for ruining his 100th appearance? All our happy memories of the previous... Yeah. Uh, 99. Like, well, I was going to say more like 49 because about half of them were away and he doesn't really bother with away games. <laughs> oh, now this is bad. I don't like the direction this podcast's gone in. It's making me feel sad. Let's let's celebrate youth and the fact we had loads of kids who played against QPR. <laughs> like Leif Davis, who we've already discussed. <laughs> Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yeah, he did well, so he can balance that. So that actually, that nullifies the uh, the villainy chat. Are you nominating Bailey Peacock Farrell as a hero as no, well? No, I'm not. I'm just saying we can cancel it out because he had a good performance against QPR. One that you said he needed. I mean, he's still letting two goals and we lost. <laughs> and there was that corner that he punched behind him. You know, a couple of good saves, but they were sort of straight at him. He had to dive for one. It was nice that he dived. Maybe that's Bailey Peacock Farrell and Hughes Hero Award because he dived and saved a shot. From small acorns. <laughs> you got a positive reinforcement. You start small, say, well, that's very good, Bailey. Now let's see if you can do that twice in a game. Maybe three times. Um, it's a bit of an odd suggestion, but Nathaniel Klein 
I'm sure you'll have been <laughs> all over him, him upsetting Warnock this week. I've just seen where this is going, yes. It was just nice to see Warnock really upset and once again, a man who's, I think it's when you get to a certain age, you're very keen to spot perceived disrespect. I think from when he was about seven, Neil Warnock. Yeah. But yeah, he's been disrespected, hasn't he? Is this the guy who wouldn't go on loan from Liverpool? They changed their mind. Yeah, yeah. I think he decided he'd rather go to work with Eddie Howe. Nice young man. Nice. Rather a than nice young man on the South Coast. Lack of class. Again, it always, for some reason, Warnock's obsessed with her, whether it's class or not. It's a fucking transfer. And as if Neil Warnock, like, let's, without getting into any legal trouble, let's imagine all the transfer deals where Neil Warnock has shafted another manager. Let's just, without, again, saying anything out loud for legal reasons, just try and... Should we just have a moment of contemplation? Yeah. Let's do that now. And finally, a quick nod in the direction of Berardi for being an absolute mentalist. I think he's worth it, worthy of an honorary mention again and for bringing stirrings to my life. <laughs> I like the way he wears a cap as well. Like he's worried the old Bill might spot him. Yeah, it's a, it's menacing. Can just keep it, it just keep it tilted down when he goes when he goes through the station, just in case anyone any other spotters notice him. <laughs> Who's having it? I'm tempted by Nathaniel Clyde. <laughs> but that's just motivated weak, by my it's hatred. It's a fairly weak week for it. So yeah, two defeats, struggling to find any real heroes within our throng. Should we do that? Just give it to Nathaniel Clyde for just pissing Neil Warnock off. We are that petty. I don't, not, I don't mind. Yeah, exactly. How do you think Neil Warnock could take it? In the Berardi sense. <laughs> However you want, baby. Back to business on Friday then. Frank Lampard's Derby County arrive at Ellen Road and off the back of two defeats, it now feels like we really have to win this one. Doesn't feel like we've got the luxury of maybe dropping any points anymore. We need to win every game if we're to go up. Every one. Anything other than that spells certain doom. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about this, got to confess. Particularly without a left back. Why are you worried? It's only Frank Lampard's Derby County. They draw. All they've been doing lately is drawing. 0-0 with Forest, 1-1 with Bristol, lost 3-1 to Sheffield United, beat Derby 3-4. Admittedly, those aren't draws. Norwich, you mean? Uh, yeah, they, they beat Norwich 3-4. Then 1-1 with Middlesbrough, 2-2 with Derby. Oh, they are Derby. 2-2 with Southampton. <laughs> A lot of draws. Drawing with themselves, keep, keep even. We playing Derby all the time, don't we? <laughs> A lot of Derby matches. Oh, well, Derby, yeah, it's Frank, Lampard, Frank Lampard's Derby County versus Derby County. It's ah, probably okay. a viable fixture. That's what's Jim Smith confusing still me. in charge of the other one, I imagine. One win in five would have been an easier way to say it. Ah, uh, let's just say the shit and we should beat them. That's where well, I'm we took coming them to, from. We took them to, uh, to school in the early part of the season. It probably will be a different game this time around, but will it? I mean, looking at the squad, they're still relying on that kid from... Is he from Liverpool, Harry Wilson? This kid who just scores all the free kicks all the time. Mm. Um, he is rated on whoscored.com as oh. their best player, far and away. Nine goals, one assist. I think there's something... I know we use this phrase a lot lately, vulgar about relying on a Liverpool loanee to kind of sort your whole season out for your 21-year-old kid when you've got... That's why we've got... had exclusively shit loanees. <laughs> we had the good grace yeah. <laughs> to, make, che- to make Jack Harrison perform badly. Went to Chelsea and said, who's your worst? Who's the worst midfielder on your books? We'll take him and we'll play him sometimes. <laughs> we should be able to easily smash Derby again because they're still persisting with like, as if Tom Huddleston is in their midfield. I'm not seeing any sign really. Oh, Bradley Johnson's got five yellow cards. Ah, no, he's not. <laughs> really? I mean, he's rated 6.6 as his form on whoscored.com. That's not a good player. And also Richard Keogh at the back. They have got him. So a, a that's confused looking man. Unsurprisingly, their uh, weaknesses 
according again to our friends at whoscore.com, their weaker aerial duels, despite having Richard Keogh, avoiding individual errors, Richard Keogh, defending against attacks down the wings, Richard Keogh, probably <laughs> cut inside, defending against through ball attacks, Richard Keogh, stopping opponents from creating chances, Richard Keogh. So, so as long as Richard Keogh plays, I think we'll win. You convinced me. It's comprehensive evidence, to be fair. It's, a, it's comprehensive evidence. This run of fixtures at the weekend, the big one to watch out for, West Brom Norwich. Are they playing each other? They are. That's going to be about 7-7, seven, seven, isn't it? A draw but would be nice. It'll be nil-nil in the 89th minute, and then when the game finally concludes, it'll have been a 7-7 seven, seven draw. Oh, no, Norwich will win, actually, 8-7. I think, weirdly, with my, my paranoia about the playoffs, I'd rather just Norwich won that. Just have a gap. I'd rather the gap to third be bigger, which we'll need when we lose to Derby. <laughs> We just established that with Richard Keogh at the heart of their defence, behind that useless croc, Tom Huddleston, there's going to be absolutely no problem. We will sail past Derby County. Frank Lampard is coming to Bielsa School for another lesson. This is detention. We end up doing lines in Spanish. I do have a bit of an affinity towards Derby and I need us to win this because, well, two reasons. My brother-in-law, Derby fan, Mm -hmm. and secondly, one of my best mates from back in my university days, also a Derby fan. After this, we are definitely playing Rotherham away. Got Stoke away after that. Again, both winnable games, though. Stoke are not doing anything. It's apparently very toxic at Stoke. There's lots of hatred flying around. Bojan's not getting on the bench. The fans all hate it. It's quite nice. Yeah, we should beat Stoke. Stoke fans complaining about the quality of football. I mean, it's one of those careful what you wish for, isn't it? They had Pulis. They should have just been happy to have Pulis forever. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay in your lane, Stoke City. Here's an interesting question for you. We don't seem to be wearing the blue kit anymore. Will we wear it against Stoke? Ah, it's just a selling kits thing, isn't it? Yeah, it does kind of look like we had the blue one for the first half of the season and now the yellow one for the rest, but that's a game where we could use it. Rotherham away as well. Rotherham away, I would associate with the uh, the previous dark blue kit and Adrian's glorious debut when he actually did genuinely look I walked like to that game. really good. Yes, you did. I got the uh, I got the train. It's much more comfortable, sensible, had a few beers. Um, For the benefit nice. of anybody who's not aware of what you did there, you might want to explain that. I did, we did a charity walk, walked 31 miles from Ellen Road to Rotherham. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, no, it was, it was nice for charity and that, but my legs fell off. <laughs> but that's a game that could suit a dark kit. So maybe we'll have the bus seat back for that one. That was voted like in the top 10 kits in the world, wasn't it? One online uh, mm. opinion piece said that we were number whatever we were, top it, 10. It's a beautiful piece of fabric. I think it's only a shame that it, the pattern doesn't go around the back as well. Obviously that that fabric is so rare, they only had enough for the, uh, the front of the shirts. That's, so if you've got one, consider yourself very lucky. We haven't really spoken, as we have said previously, about that yellow kit. I like that kit. Nice. Do you like the blue shorts as well? I'd prefer yellow shorts, but I think given the piping round the arms, I think the shorts with blue on them goes better. Piping round the arms, purely my own theory, there's absolutely nothing to support it, but I think that's a nod at our Huddersfield Town 1919 kit. Well, all of the 20s up till the 30s, I think, because we started in blue and white stripes. I've seen the pictures, it was was black and white. And so I think that's their way of kind of subtly getting in a little pre-centenary. Um, here's some stripes, but don't worry, we're not dressing you with Huddersfield. It's just a hint. Until next like, year. Yeah. And I like it. I like I like the, uh, I think that the uh, the Breton sleeves, as a, as a French person would describe another stripey French shirt, Breton. Uh, no, I don't, I think, uh, yes, now I do now. 
I'm Matt, from Bradford. Matt, we don't know things like that. Matt Smith came on, actually, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, didn't get quite the same warm reception as he did against... Did he cycle uh, on with a string of onions around his neck, wearing a Breton thing? Well, he has a stripy blue shirt, doesn't he? Maybe that's what, what drew him to QPR. West London is practically France. It's that far down. Uh, anyway, I think we've got a, a little bit waylaid there. So how do we feel about Derby and the upcoming stuff? Let's just win it, eh? I'm, yeah. I think I'm at the stage now where I'm a lot more nervous than Bielsa. <laughs> I'm worried it, it, intensely about every game now. Thinking, oh shit, we're gonna let it slip. This is where it starts to go wrong. And I think he's just chilled out about it. No, no, we've got we've got a system. We'll lose some games. We'll get some players coming back. It's gonna be fine. How long do you think we can get through January without making any signings? I'm not sure. I bother. I think I think he might. I mean, you. Oh, like, and the fans in general. I think Bielsa will probably be absolutely fine. It's Phil Hay. I feel for. <laughs> He can't put a tweet out without people asking him, as if as if he would keep news to himself. Yeah. As a journalist, he'd just think, I've got a good story, but... No. Nah, you can bollocks. <laughs> Not sharing that. <laughs> so me to know and you to find out. Complete dereliction of duty. I'm Although, just, just going to put out some, some stories about injuries and stuff, just annoy people as much as possible. Although we could possibly say that sometimes you can put something on the Yorkshire Evening Post website and you can't read it anyway, so... Oh, I don't think oh, that's his just fault. Saying, just saying. God, the pelters are all flying out in this <laughs> podcast, aren't they? I'm sure he would tweet it if he, knew, if he knew anything. But we could go deep into this January window without a goalkeeper or without this winger that Bielsa looks in. It would be quite interesting to see how calm Bielsa can get about that situation and how irate everybody else involved with Leeds United can And then we'll sign a 16-year-old Slovakian boy just to, the, just to really take the piss. And in the old club call days, it'll be uh, international signing on the way. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it as Bielsa. I, I trust him. Do you trust him to take us up, though? As much as I can trust anyone. You've reminded me we should have nominated Paul Heckenbottom because um, trusting Bielsa to take... I trust Bielsa to just be in charge more than I would have trusted Paul Heckenbottom. But he said, I think he said that there were no guarantees when they brought in Marcello Bielsa that he would have done as well as he had. And also there were no guarantees that if Bielsa had come in when Heckenbottom came in at Leeds, that Bielsa would have done any better. Mm. So Paul Heckenbottom seems to think that given a few weeks off over summer, he could have turned himself into Bielsa. He also said that he laid a lot of the groundwork for what is happening now. <laughs> yeah, we, we could really see that. Yep. I mean, so did Major Frank Buckley, who we touched on last time. In he many- could probably come back and claim some of the credit as well. If any of his family are listening, then take take due credit. Steve Evans isn't, uh, isn't letting it pass without taking some credit either. <laughs> Issue six of our fanzine, out for the Derby game. If you fancy uh, getting that, it'll be available at Ellen Road and online as well. Who's on the cover? Very, very popular figure on the cover of the Square Bowl, this issue. So get it before they're all sold out. Bailey Peacock Farrell, flavour of the month, flavour of the moment, hero to many, is our front cover star. Um, as as you've probably never seen him before, is what I'll say about uh, that particular front cover. It is beautiful and a, a sort of tribute. I think he looks great. And if he was as good as he looks in this, in real life, what a player, what a person. I'm intrigued. I am intrigued because I haven't seen this yet. It's worth a look. I am intrigued. Squareball.net is where you can go for a look at it. Yeah, if you fancy uh, picking up the fanzine, it will be available, as I said, at Ellen Road and at thesquareball.net. Subscribe to the podcast if you get a chance as well in your podcast player and subscribe to the magazine and help support what we do here. One pound a month, the equivalent of that for a digital subscription. Also at thesquareball.net. That's us done for now then. Happy New Year to you. Will it be a happy 2019? For everybody except Bailey Peacock Farrell, who can't experience happiness anymore. (laughs) Anyway, promotion party will be wasted on him. The Square Ball Podcast.
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.